So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this is episode eight. And we're going to call this our 2017 NFL Draft Scouting Update. I just completed my wide receiver rankings, uh, grades, and things of that nature. So we've done quarterbacks, we've done running backs and fullbacks, and we've also just completed the wide receiver position. And what we have coming down the pike this upcoming week, we're going to get started with tight ends tomorrow, and we're going to also start the offensive line and defensive line should get started by Friday and Saturday, and we should be done with defensive line by Monday morning. So we're running through our uh, grades and burning up the tape, watching film, and that's what has happened since I got back from the uh, Senior Bowl East-West Shrine game. I've been locked into the film room just grading prospects because, again, if you are familiar with football game plan like you're supposed to be, we cover everything. So from the NFL down to women's tackle football, Canadian football, high school football. And if you've been following me all season long, I've been doing color commentary, college football games. I've done all of Georgetown home games. I've also done uh, some Division two games. Westchester uh, I did an FCS game as well that was on ESPN3, I believe, and um, in the Morgan State Howard game. So I've been doing a lot guys i've been uh involved in the game more so this year as far as being at events doing things differently and i said all that to say this that i haven't had the time during the season like i've normally done uh getting all these prospects scouted and ready to go once january 17th hit so that's why you haven't seen me tweet a lot that's why you haven't really been seeing me do a lot of different things other than what we just did a couple of days ago when we went on the campus of wagner college to do another football game plan university segment. Shout out to Coach Jason Hotailing, who was outstanding uh, yesterday. And also, when I was down at the East-West Shrine game, I was able to leave that Friday to go across the state to Daytona Beach and interview head coach Terry Sims of Bethune-Cookman. So those are the two newest football game plan U segments that we have up. And you guys check out those two videos. Great insight from two great coaches at the FCS level. And just a bit of a heads up. Later on this month, we have maybe three possible more FBGPU uh, Talking Ball with the Zara segments. So you can find all of those on our website at footballgameplan.com slash FBGPU. And also, follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. Also, follow me on Instagram, footballgameplan. Facebook fan page is also footballgameplan as well. So, there's all of the social media links. And also, if you miss any one of our podcasts or want to hear these podcasts again, you can find it on iTunes under Football Game Plan Network. Also, on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And what we have coming down the pike as far as these podcasts are concerned, more scout team podcasts. We're going to break down certain topics, also certain prospects live on the air. live, But, you know, it's a podcast. We're going to break some prospects down here, give you some insight on our grades, and also 
Be on the lookout for uh, Teron Davenport with his talking with TD segment. We have some big-time NFL draft prospect interviews coming down the pike that way. Chris James also has his draft prospect analysis show where he breaks down prospects and also does interviews. And we're going to have some interviews as well on this particular scout team podcast uh, in the near future. So we got a lot of good draft content coming down the pike. And I know a lot of people are asking about our videos. And, yes, that's why we're trying to get these things done right away because we're grading all these prospects. And then come March 1st, that first week of March, we're just going to unroll or roll out and flood you guys with all of our video scouting content that will show you our grades and where guys rank. We're going to try to do this thing as uniquely as possible as only football game plan can. And remember, you heard it here first. You saw it here first here at football game plan. So we're going to have our video content coming in March. We're grading prospects now. So that's why we've been burning the midnight oil since five in the morning, all the way to maybe about 11 o'clock at night film room. That's how we're able to get 50 quarterbacks graded, uh, 50 running backs graded, about 15 fullbacks graded as well, and 84 wide receivers graded, and we have a lot of tight ends, O-line, D-line coming down the pike as well. So that's all of that information. And while we gathered here today, folks, this will give you an update on what we have done so far, what I've done so far. I just want to like I like to keep you guys in the loop because I see a lot of people asking questions, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to give all that information out right now on Twitter. I'd rather put it in a video, which is what we will do, but I thought this would be a cool way to give you guys an update of what I've seen so far, where I stand, and uh, some of my thoughts on some of the prospects that are in uh, this 2017 NFL draft, which is shaping up to be a very good draft, quite honestly. Fourth game, but remember, I've been to a lot of these games live, so that's a minus one game for me. I'll watch two on film that I haven't seen, uh, but for the most part, for all of these prospects, it's for me a three-game maximum, maybe one more if I'm uh, really struggling on a certain aspect of their game. So I, that's it works for me. It's my process. This is what I do and what what I have done over the course of which is going to be 10 years in August, guys. So be on the lookout for that football game plan 10-year anniversary celebration. But uh, three games max, man. To me, after that, you're kind of seeing what you want to see. You know, you see that a lot with, with scouting. You know, if, if, let's say, for instance, I'm going to talk about a guy uh, in Miles Garrett. And uh, before studying his film, I've done some light studying over the course of the season, you know, because he's a premier prospect. A lot of people are talking about him. So, you know, you want to peek peek around the corner and see what, what's coming in store for you when you're getting ready to go scouting. So you get a a, a light sense on a player. So, for instance, um, let's say Gerard Evans. Oh, no, let's say Mitch Trubisky, right, the quarterback uh, of North Carolina. I knew about Mitch Trubisky for three years now because we also, again, we do college football, so we know about the recruiting aspect of it, and we're looking at guys that are coming in for signing day. I know Gene Clemens does a great job with the high school scouting. Cornell Hunter is the guy that does our high school scouting database, so we were pulling these prospects and, and grading these guys coming into to college football, so we have a really good sense of, of who these players are, and so when it was Trubisky's turn to not just – get playing time uh, last season, but to start for a full season, we kind of knew he was going to be a very good good player. He was, He's not a bad player, and he's not a guy that, you know, just came out of nowhere. He just finally got the opportunity. Uh, so I said all that to say this again. You, you, you don't 
want to create something that's that's not there. You can't create a prospect. So we we always we always peek around the corner to track guys and see how guys are, are producing or trekking in the right direction, uh, or some guys have tailed off since their high school senior season, or to where they are right now. And so when we saw Miles Garrett, it was a guy that came in with a lot of hype, a lot of fanfare, and rightfully so. You know, he was a guy that that has the tremendous athleticism. He's probably going to break the combine uh, as far as all the testing is concerned. But when you're watching someone, and, and I'm I'm 35 years old, I'll be turning 36 in May, I've seen Miles Garrett get compared to Julius Peppers. I'm going to tell you right now, I remember Julius Peppers in high school. I remember Julius Peppers in college. There's no way in hell Miles Garrett is Julius Peppers. I'll just tell you that right now. This is how far back it goes with me and Julius Peppers and how far I remember. When Julius Peppers was a a super prep All-American, I don't even think super prep is around anymore, but this is how we used to find our information. This was before the website. Again, this was before the Internet. So this is maybe about 95, 96, something like that, maybe 96. So I was 15 years old. I'm in, I want to say I was in the maybe uh, 10th grade. So I'm looking at recruiting magazines because you want to see who's from your city who's from your town who's from your state and and try to you know stack yourself up okay this person rushed for this many yards in a season I need to do this and so on the cover I remember one time it was one cover it was Julius Peppers and another cover it was Ronald Curry those are the big top high school recruits I want to say in that that year so fast forward to let's say maybe I guess maybe 97, 98, whatever, when he goes to North Carolina. Obviously, he starts from day one and is a monster, and he stood out on the field. And he, you saw the athleticism even on the basketball court. And when you when you look at a Miles Garrett, say when you turned on a North Carolina game, you knew who number 49 was. You knew who Julius Peppers was. Just from a, again, just from a light view, you turned on a Texas A&M game, and you have issues in finding who's Miles Garrett. Is that the guy that has four sacks against Rice? Is that the guy that's getting blocked by Evan Ingram one-on-one? I don't know. So that's the thing. When you have a premier prospect, he's supposed to leap out and show himself to you constantly. Peppers did. Von Miller did. Elvis Dumerville did. A lot of you guys don't remember, but Corey Moore did. He was the undersized defensive end for Virginia Tech that was living in the backfield. He was... Elvis Dumerville before Elvis Dumerville. This was Vic's redshirt freshman year. So this was this was a guy that played in that Sugar Bowl. Um, but again, he was 5'11, 245, didn't get the the proper due as a pro prospect because of that quote unquote height, which is dumb because all he did was get to the quarterback. And you've seen a guy that's similar to what he did in college in uh Ewan Price of Pittsburgh. That's how Corey Moore played the game. He was a tremendous pass rusher, but I digress. Point is, when you see Miles, you're supposed to turn on TV and you're supposed to find he's supposed to find you, and I don't think you get that from Miles Garrett. Now, not saying he's not a a, a good talent or um, a good prospect. Not even saying he's a first round graded prospect because I haven't gotten that far yet. But to say he's premier can't miss. No, you can't do that. And when you don't see what you see from Julius Peppers as a prospect coming out of college, you can't create a prospect. You can't say and then justify everything that he doesn't do. Oh, well, you know, he has an ankle. All right, fine. That may be a reason. You know, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Okay, that's why he, his his ball get off isn't 
um, where it needs to be. You know, maybe he has a sprained chest because that would explain why Evan Ingram was eating his, you know what, up one-on-one base blocks, why uh, Laramie Tunzel was eating him up one-on-one. So my, my point is you can't keep cleaning up a person's errors. You have to just call it how you see it. If a person is missing throws, don't say, well, you know, it's um, – you know, it's the, the fact that they brought out these new footballs, they haven't really, you know, sanded them down yet. They're slick, they're greasy. No, he's probably inaccurate. You know, so don't create a prospect and, and don't try to, you know, make something appear that's not there. You, are, you cannot create football players. You know, a lot of times people think they could take great athletes and make them great football players. No, give me the football player time and time again. If it works out to where you have a great football player that's also a great athlete, that's a win. That's exactly what you want. So don't try to create a prospect. If someone's not doing something on film over the course of maybe two to three or even four games, then he's probably not capable of doing it. So that's my thought on that. And and just, you know, don't nitpick either. You know, sometimes you may see somebody that that's doing great things and you want to find a weakness. You know, I know it's your job to find uh, uh, an area of improvement. I don't like calling them weaknesses. But if something is not there, don't don't create a problem. You know, if someone's doing it time and time again, that tells you that they can get the job done. And also, just the whole myth of this, this quote-unquote weak class. You hear this every year, or oh, this class is weak. Or you may hear some analysts say, oh, I'm terrified of taking player X in spot B. Like, no. It's there's never a quote unquote weak class. It, you just got to dig a little deeper sometimes. I mean, hey, we graded 50 quarterbacks. So if someone says it's a weak class at quarterback, I, I'm gonna have to call bullshit because I don't believe it's a weak class because you just got to dig deep. And when I say digging deep, you're finding guys that have talent. You're just gonna have to find ways that you can win with them. I know Josh Norris of uh, NBC Sports Roto World calls it where he wins. Uh, which is great because that's so true. You know, you may have, let's say, the difference between a Deshaun Kaiser and a, let's say, Tommy Armstrong, right? Obviously, Kaiser is the better quarterback, but if you have to, if you're down on the, on a depth chart and you have to take a quarterback, and you have Tommy Armstrong available. Okay, what does he do well? Where can we win with Tommy Armstrong? That's how you got to look at this whole scouting thing you know a lot of people just turn turn guys away and oh he can't play he's he's not good he can't play uh this this is a weak quarterback class because there's no Peyton Manning like don't be so dense and don't be so shallow in your scouting as well um so there's always a really good draft class it's just about finding where the talent is and if you're doing your job correctly if you're scouting properly if you're casting that net real wide across the country sometimes even into Canada sometimes you may have to go overseas and find what you're looking for, but it's out there. So don't say, oh, just because the top quarterback isn't at USC, there's no quarterback worthy of a first-round pick in this class. Stop that. That's nonsense. That's, that's BS. That's a lazy man's way of going about this scouting thing. But that was 15 minutes of, of why we're not supposed to be here. We're here because I just finished grading the wide receivers, and I also want to give you guys a heads-up on what I thought on the group of quarterbacks. So, Drum roll, please. Top quarterback graded out for us is a tie, actually. I know some may pe- some people may see that as a cop-out, but Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Deshaun Watson, 
Patrick Mahomes all graded out the same way, all earned first round grade, all graded out in the 90s. So there you have it. Those are my top three quarterbacks. Now, the surprise in my top five um, is P.J. Walker, who actually came in at number four. I'll give you guys that one out of Temple. And if you're looking at quarterback play and how we grade it, I'm not going to tell you how we grade it, but just looking at one thing that we do well uh, is pick out why a person is having success, even though it may not look like it on the stat sheet, but why this person wins, which is why we had our quarterbacks ranked the way we did last year and the year before that and the year before that. But when you look at a P.J. Walker or Phillip Walker, you're watching a guy just run the offense. Temple, before P.J. Walker, uh, was a laughingstock of college football. He gets there along with his teammate, Jihad Thomas, a high school teammate. They get there, and they do a great job of bringing Temple to the forefront where they played a great game, had these guys highly ranked, should have beaten Notre Dame last year. Three drop touchdowns prevented that. Um, won a championship, the American Athletic Conference championship. He won that uh, for his team and his university and left Temple as the all-time winningest quarterback, leader in passing yards, touchdowns, efficiency, and completion percentage. So I don't know what you're looking for in a, in a quarterback. You know, you're not going to force a guy, uh, let's say like a gunner kill on me if I, if I found someone like P.J. Walker that has been successful over the course of four straight seasons um, in one particular spot. Just because he's 5'11", you're going to knock his height. That's just nonsense. So that's a surprise in my top five. But I like all three of these quarterbacks, Watson, Kaiser, and Mahomes. Um, and you know I'm a big comp guy. I love to give comparisons. Uh, Deshaun Watson compared to me uh, to be a Marcus Mariota clone. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes to me is, is two guys. He's a combination of Matt Stafford because of that rocket on his right arm. And he's also a combination of Ben Roethlisberger and how he sees the field. I'm going to tell you right now, Mahomes has the best field vision of any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. He sees the entire field, almost coach's view on the field. That's how he's able to see the entire football field and always find the right guy to get the ball to. And again, don't knock the system, talent supersedes system. If you compare what he's able to do from a physical standpoint, Alongside any other air raid quarterback you want to throw out there, Mahomes will clearly rise above the rest. So that's who he compares to. And Deshaun Kaiser, to me, I've already told you guys this, he compares favorably to uh, Steve McNair when he came out of Alcorn State. Some people may say this and say, oh, Steve McNair uh, when he was at the Titans. No, I'm talking about Steve McNair. And I've said this all the time, man. People choose to see what they want to see and listen to what they want and hear what they want to hear. Um, I've said this before. And I've posted the video with the tweet to drop the point home. Deshaun Kaiser reminds me of what Steve McNair was coming out of Alcorn State. They throw the ball the same. They had some of the same question marks uh, coming out. Um, stylistically, they play the same way. Kaiser is a little bit bigger. Um, but I think they are the same prospect. And we saw Steve McNair go in the top five. Uh, so I think Kaiser is that good of a quarterback. Now, just the overall view of the quarterback class, again, 50 quarterbacks we graded out. And there's some good talent, man. I was mostly impressed with how in the middle of the 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 uh, grades, you know, guys that earn, um, let's say, middle round grades, if we want to put a round to it, uh, 
because I'm not going to give you everything of how we do things here. We got to leave some something behind the curtain. Uh, but I was just mostly impressed with how in the middle, there's a, not much that separates these quarterbacks. You're going to see some good talent into the NFL. And if given the opportunity, a lot of guys will shock people um, because they, they, they have talent. You know, you see some guys, let's say like a Mitch Trubisky, right? One year starting experience um, at UNC, but he's played a lot of football at UNC. He's not a neophyte in, in the sense of playing football. You know, he's not a terrible quarterback. I know it's on Twitter. You, you have to choose uh either one of the opposite ends of the spectrum, either a guy can play or he's trash. Um, when the truth lies somewhere in between for a lot of people. And a lot of people, you know, just don't understand that the majority of football players are average, myself included. You know, there's nothing wrong with just being an average football player. That's not a negative. You know, some guys are above average. Some guys are elite. Some guys are below average. And then, yes, some guys are terrible. Um, so, but when you look at a Mitch Trubisky and you see his talent and you say, okay, this guy – I can win with this guy. Okay, I like how he does this. Okay, he maybe he needs some improvement in this area, but you, you see where you can win with him. I feel like you have that sentiment. I came away with that same sentiment for about 20 guys uh, after Mitch Trubisky. Like, okay, I can see how you can win with this guy, how you can coach him up. And that's the only bad part about the NFL. You already know that's only a, so many amount of spots. Um, there's really no development that truly happens at the NFL level because you don't have the time to. Uh, it's more about schematics at the NFL level, but there's a lot of good college quarterbacks being churned out every year. I, I know I look back at my quarterback rankings from the last three seasons, and I just like, man, this guy's not in the NFL. This guy's not in the NFL. Man, this guy can play. This guy is real good. So I feel bad for these guys because a lot of them won't get that opportunity to play in the NFL. They're going to have to find their way either in Canada, overseas, uh, in the Arena League. So, But there's a lot of good quarterback and talent, so don't let no one tell you that this class is weak. Running backs, top running back for me graded out was uh, Leonard Fournette of LSU. Um, I know he's another hot-button topic. <laughs> either, again, Twitter only wants you to, to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. Either he's... Bo Jackson or he is Cleveland Gary, you know, and it's nothing against Cleveland Gary. I mean, he wore 43 with the Rams. I mean, hey, we all have to do things we don't want to do. But I think Fournette is a really good back end. What I was most impressed with, and again, I I, I have a little bit of a personal tie to Fournette. Um, his high school coach was my high school coach. Even though we went to two separate high schools, he was now coaching at Fournette, coaching Fournette at uh, St. Augustine High School in New Orleans. But Fournette actually was a really good linebacker. And I thought, you know what, he probably would make – coming out of high school, I was like, you know, Fournette, vision isn't where it needs to be elite level-wise, you know. He may be a better linebacker than a running back. He was a tremendous linebacker. In high school, he gets to college. He still has that speed and explosiveness, so it translated. Um, his vision still wasn't there as a freshman. So you saw him return kicks. You saw him get spot duty. He still rushed for over a thousand yards. But every year, you saw his vision start to get a little bit better because his patience got better. And I think that's the biggest key for Fournette. He still has some upside to his game. So I was impressed with how he improved his patience and his vision each and every season at LSU. 
that a surprise of this group in my top five is Tariq Cohen of North Carolina A&T. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care where you play. You, you guys know that about me. I don't give a damn if you play at North Carolina A&W. You know, if you're able to get it done on the field, if you're on tape making grown young adults miss and not touch you, that translates. It doesn't matter if you're playing at North Carolina A&T or if you're playing at North Carolina State. If you're making guys miss, that's an individual trait that translates. If you're fastest, if you're the fastest dude on the field, that is an individual trait that translates. Just because you run a four, so if you run a four-two at North Carolina A&T, that doesn't mean oh well he probably run a four-five at Alabama. No, speed is speed, no matter where you are. If you're fast, you're fast regardless. So he is fast, he is agile, and he consistently gets the job done when people know. He is the number one option. I was at the Celebration Bowl last year when they played Alcorn State, and it felt like every run was a house call. And the funny part is he finished four yards short of 300 yards in that, on that day. And when you think about someone that has that type of ability to score on every down, you think like, man, why they don't let him return punts or kicks? Well, here's why. Um, because they have a an all-American punter, uh, punt returner and kicker returner in, in in Chris Garden. So it doesn't make sense. It's, it's not like Garden is terrible. He's all-American, a two-time all-American that also returns punts for touchdowns. And, and matter of fact, in that celebration bowl, he had a punt return for a touchdown. So, and the one time they put uh, Tariq Cohen back there to return a punt, not in that game, but just on film while I watched, he brought it back for a touchdown. So, yes, he can also return kicks and punts. He's probably going to have to do that early on in the NFL until coaches smarten up and say, hey, might as well just get his dude the ball because he did rush for over 2,100 yards at North Carolina a But point is, he was a guy that you couldn't ignore what you were watching on film. He was constantly doing the same thing game after game, time and time again. And against some of the bigger opponents, he made North Carolina look stupid. He was a big reason why they knocked off Kent State this year. Had he not gotten injured, they probably would have beaten Tulsa. So he is a tremendous talent, an elite talent, and that's why he was able to grade out in my top five. And this is a great group of running backs, guys. You look at maybe someone down, all the way down on the list that could probably be a starter um, for this for for a football team. So. You know, you had a lot of early entries, a lot of guys, you know, let's say like a Joe Mixon came out early, um, James Conner, another early entry, Aaron Jones of, of UTEP. Uh, those are three really good tailbacks, starting tailbacks. So, again, these are guys that, that if you if you can't get one of the top three premier talents um, in the draft, as far as a running back is concerned, don't worry because you're going to get a starter late, not because – because uh, I have to clarify this because people take this the wrong way. You can get a starter late because talent is still there. Not because, oh, you don't take a running back that high because they never – you always want to take a running back in the sixth round. No, you want to take good players wherever you can find them. So this is one of those classes for running backs. I do think this running backs group uh, is tremendous. We saw the Senior Bowl have a, a litany of good tailbacks uh, at, at their disposal as well as the East-West Shrine game with Elijah McGuire and Joe Williams. So – that's my take on the running back class. Receivers just finished those 84 guys graded. It's a long time to grade receivers. Probably going to take me about the same amount of time to grade 
uh, the secondary. It took me about a week to do wide receivers. Um, it's going to take probably a, probably a week to, to do cornerbacks and, and safety. So um, 84 guys, I probably could squeeze in four more. Um, as tape started to get to gets to me late, uh, but these are guys that are probably going to end up being uh, obviously graded out because I've seen these guys before. I just want to get a final grade on them, so they'll be they'll, they won't rise above anyone that's already graded because I kind of have an idea of where these guys will be graded. It won't be higher than what I have already at certain positions, and you know how we grade things. X receivers, Z receivers, slot receivers, inside F receivers, which are one cheeseburger away from being tight ends. So we do that because you can't say, oh, Corey Davis is the be- is better than, uh, let's say, Mike Williams. You know, that's a, that's, a de- that's a good debate to have. You can have that debate. But if we're being honest with ourselves, they play two different positions. You know, in my opinion, that's why I break them down. Uh, by position and then grade accordingly to who I think will be a better X, better Z, better slot, better inside receiver. So the number one overall receiver I have graded, the highest grade I've given out this year for a receiver is Corey Davis of Western Michigan, who reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall, what he can do after the catch. I have him as a Z because I just think like with with his ability to to take a short pass a long way as far as, um, you know, with his acceleration explosiveness, you don't necessarily have to keep him outside on uh, as the next. You can move him around the formation, put him in motion, give him a handoff and stuff like that. I like that about his game, which is why I have him as a flanker, um, more explosive, more dynamic. And that just kept showing itself out on tape, despite some inconsistencies at the quarterback position. You saw him in the big games also step up and do things exceptionally well. You wonder about the injury, the the la- he's, he's missed uh, – the senior bowl, and now he's going to miss the combine. So slight question mark, but he graded out very high for me overall. He's also the number one ZY receiver. Uh, X receiver, top receiver is Amari Darbo. I think he is a tremendous talent, man, and and a lot of people are going to scratch their heads and consider it a hot take, and I'm probably going to be the talk of many different podcast on the hot take segment shout out to all those guys that's doing podcasts and bringing up hot takes holding people accountable making people defend their their position i like that i don't care if this is a hot take i'm ready to come on the show and defend it but i compared darbo's game to pierre garçon i think darbo can play quite honestly the reason why he graded out so high as an x um because i think he can also play flanker he could play in the slot if you want to, you could put him in inside as an F. He's extremely versatile, and that kept showing itself on film. I was like, man, this guy's just doing a lot of things very well. Very good hands, strong hands at the at the catch point. Uh, just excellent hand-eye coordination. And to me, he is what you want in an X receiver, a split in. Your number one guy, your go-to guy. You want to go to the dependable guy, a guy that can, can beat you with his hands, beat you with his routes. I think that's Darbo to a T. I like what he brings to the table. That's why he was my quintessential X wide receiver. In the slot, I think the perfect slot receiver in his draft class played in the Senior Bowl, and that's Ryan Switzer out of North Carolina. When remember he started out uh, at North Carolina, every punt return was going back for a touchdown. Um, 
And I think he kind of lost that mojo. You know, teams stopped punting to him, but he just doesn't look the same as far as that explosiveness standpoint from a punt returner, but he still can do so. He's still very good at it. Um, but I also think his receiving skills are being vastly underrated. And when, and when you look at Ryan Switzer, I'll give you guys a comparison right quick. Uh, Ryan Switzer, to me, is uh, one of those guys that, you know, he, he's going to find himself open. He's going to find himself around the football. He's going to make plays. And I compared his game to Taylor Gabriel of the Atlanta Falcons. I think his, his initial burst and start is going to create a lot of problems for a defensive back. You can when you, when you see him run routes, like at the Senior Bowl, uh, his in one-on-one drills, you can pinpoint the the exact moment when the cornerback's hips, knees, and ankles were all in conflict, fussing with each other. That's how quickly he can get up on you, and that's how bad he can break you down. So that alone, you want that football in his hands quickly. To again, everything will look like a punt return to him when you have guys in the slot. And the reason why you have certain guys in the slot because how quickly they can work well in space and how quickly they – plus you don't want them to – you want them to have a free release, so to speak. Now, granted, sometimes you'll put a guy on the line of scrimmage in the slot, but for the most part you have them off the line of scrimmage. You want that free release. You want him to, to really get that momentum up as far as breaking someone down and being able to create that distance um, within his route, whether it's a short route or a deeper route, I think Switzer does a great job in excelling in that capacity. Now, my biggest, my uh, top-graded F receiver, inside receiver, and he is far from one hamburger away from tight end, uh, which is the funny part, but Quincy Adebayo, out of Adebayo, out of Ole Miss, I just think he is so pure on the inside. You know, this is a guy that can really win in confined spaces, um, doesn't mind playing a physical game as far as blocking or uh, making a contested catch. He's very subtle with his movements as far as getting open, creating those little small um, creases of of uh, separation for the quarterback to fit the football in. I think he's a very good receiver, man. And, and he would have had better numbers had it not been for inconsistent quarterback play at Ole Miss. So, those are my grades for these guys, the, the F receivers, the slots, your Zs, and your Xs. And, again, coming down the pike next week, we're going to have uh, tight ends. We're going to get started tomorrow. Love the group of tight ends. And I hate to say, after I just you know went on a rant about not saying this, but this is probably one of the best tight end classes we've seen in, the, in quite some time because a lot of the top-end talent. So you don't have to take a tight end number one. Uh, the 17th tight end may be just as good. Not saying that this tight end group – uh, is all the same. They're all the same in the sense that there's a, a lot of top-end talent. So I'm excited to break down this group of tight ends. And again, thank you for listening to Scout Team, the Scout Team podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. And if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. Um, obviously, I'm not going to give you my grades. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you where guys rank. So don't ask me those questions. You have to wait for the video. Got to leave something for you guys to watch. Um, not going to put everything out there. Uh, but Anything you want to ask me outside of those two questions, I'll, I'll be willing to ask. Um, but I appreciate the, the feedback and support that you guys have shown me in our group uh, throughout the course of our time in existence, whether it's watching a video, sharing a video, retweeting a tweet, uh, crediting where you got some information. Maybe I opened your eyes to something. Let's say if I, if I say uh, Leonard Fournette, and this is a comparison I have for him, if Leonard Fournette compares favorably to USFL, Herschel Walker. Go watch the clip that I tweeted out about it, and then you see the same thing, and you say, hey, I remember football game plan said that 
you know, he reminds he reminded him of Herschel Walker when he was with the USFL. That's all we ask for. I appreciate that as well. Guys that do that, props to you. I owe you guys a beer next time we're out in, in a public setting. Um, but feel free to hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And thanks for tuning in to the Scout Team Podcast. I'll probably will be back next Sunday to break down tight ends and offensive line. And if I'm done with defensive line, I'll add that to the mix as well. And oh, before I forget, you want to keep up with what we did last year as far as our scouting videos are concerned. We're going to flood all of our stuff on our website at footballgameplan.com slash FBGP scouting. And what we'll do when we're, we're going to also try to help you guys out as far as because some of you guys may not want to see video. We're also going to put the written reports up on our football game plan scouting Twitter handle at FBGP scouting. So follow that as well.